One of the exercises I learned for dealing with anxiety is to play out in my mind my worst fears. Anxiety, by definition, is fear of the unknown. So, the more of the scenarios that we can imagine our way through, the less fear. The question for facing these worst scenarios is, then what? So, for instance, say we're worried about losing our job. Okay, what happens if we do? Well, we might not be able to pay rent, pay mortgage. Okay, then what? Well, then I might get evicted. I might lose the house. Then what? And we just keep playing out the scenario until either we see a way that it ends or we somehow find peace in at least thinking through all these things. I'm aware that there is at least one current unknown that is causing a great many of us a great deal of anxiety and fear. And that is, what happens if Donald Trump wins re-election? Now, don't worry, I'm not going to dwell on this idea. We're not going to play through a whole string of scenarios questioning, and then what? For this morning, for this particular fear and anxiety, the truth is that our understanding of God speaks directly to this fear and gives us courage deep within our souls when we realize what the truth is. The very good news is that our faith in God helps us in the midst of all of our greatest challenges in life. And in confronting our fears about the what-ifs of the coming election, we don't even need to play out the specifics of a Trump win. Because our text from Deuteronomy this morning reminds us that no matter who is in charge, no matter what we face, the God of all creation is with us and even goes before us into the future. And therefore, we can be strong in this present moment. In our passage from Deuteronomy, Moses shares news with God's people that likely caused significant anxiety. When Moses spoke up and spoke these words to all Israel, I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan River and enter into the promised land with the people. Moses had been the most important, the most powerful leader in the history of God's people. Moses had led them out of slavery in Egypt. Moses had led them through their 40-year journey wandering in the desert. And God had worked through Moses to give people the law, to teach them how to be God's people and how to build a society founded on God's justice and love. And now, just as the nation stands at the brink of entering into the land that will be their long-term home, 
but a land that is full of very real danger. At that moment, Moses says, oh, by the way, I won't be going with you. There had to be incredible anxiety for almost everyone. But Moses seeks to encourage, literally give them courage by reminding them that they won't be alone. The Lord your God, God will cross over ahead of you. God will destroy the nations before you and will take possession of their land. And the Lord will do to the nations there as God did to Zion and Og, the kings of the Amorites. Verse 5, the Lord will deliver them to you and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, I'll confess that there's a lot more talk about destroying the nations currently living in the land than I am comfortable with. But we have to keep in mind two things. First, there is no evidence, historical evidence, that the Canaanites were actually ever destroyed. Second, we must also remember that most of these stories in Deuteronomy weren't written down, weren't committed to written language until centuries after the fact. The Israelites at the time of the writing down of these stories were in exile in Babylon. They were an oppressed people who were unsure of their future, of what the future held for them as a people. They were recalling this story of their ancestors as a time when God helped them as a people. And that is the most important point about this aggressive language about those who are already in the land. Moses is reminding the people of the power of the God they follow, the God who leads them. God has the power to make happen whatever God wants to happen. So much so that the people themselves are called essentially to leave all of that main action to God. Listen to that again, especially as God's role in this. The Lord your God, God will cross overhead of you and God will destroy or take care of the nations before you and will take God will take possession of their land. Joshua will also cross ahead of you, as the Lord said, and the Lord will do to them what God did to Sion and Og, the king of the Amorites, whom God took care of along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you. And you, then this is the one part, and you must do to them all that I have commanded, which was mainly don't mix with them, don't follow their gods. Don't buy into their culture because it was a, a, a pretty sinful culture. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified for the Lord your God goes with you. God will never leave you or forsake you. And as 
I read in that particular rereading of it, in addition to God going before and with the people, they will also have a new face to follow as well in terms of their leadership, Joshua. Moses mentions Joshua. And in verse 7 specifically, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, it's literally with all the eyes of Israel on him, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land the Lord swore to their ancestors to give to them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. And Moses gives Joshua the same encouragement as the people. Verse 8, the Lord, God, goes before you and will be with you. God will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Moses knows that his time being the face of leadership for God's people is done. He also knows that the next stage of their story is fraught with danger. So with these words, Moses seeks to set deep in their souls a knowledge of the truth that no matter who is in charge, no matter what they face, the God of all creation is with them and even goes before them into the future. Therefore, they can be strong as they seek to do what must be done. All week long, as I have been mulling over this story, I've been thinking of the representative uh, from Congress who just died, John Lewis. For 60 years, 60 years, he had been one of the most significant leaders of the civil rights movement in the United States. He embodied the courage to stand up to lies, to intimidation, to physical blows, and to death threats. He articulated a vision for justice and equality for black Americans. He even wrote the legislation for the Voting Rights Act. He died just weeks ago. With our country's future in the balance and his life's work at risk. Like Moses, <clears throat> Congressman Lewis knew that his days leading the people were over. He knew he was dying. And also, like Moses, Congressman Lewis spoke words to encourage us, to literally give us courage to go on. In a letter he sent to the New York Times and asked to have published on the day of his burial, John Lewis wrote, While my time here has now come to an end, I want you to know that in the last days and hours of my life, you inspired me. You filled me with hope about the next chapter of the great American story, when you used your power to make a difference in our society. Millions of people, mo motivated simply by human compassion, laid down the burdens of division. Around the country and the world, you set aside race, class, age, language, 
and nationality to demand respect for human dignity. That is why I had to visit Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington. Though I was admitted to the hospital the following day, I just had to see it for myself. After many years of silent witness, the truth is still marching on. He talks a little bit about what inspired him originally to get involved in civil rights work. And then he goes on and says, though I was surrounded by two loving parents, plenty of brothers and sisters and cousins, their love could not protect me from the unholy oppression waiting just outside the family circle. Unchecked, unrestrained violence and government-sanctioned terror had the power to turn a simple stroll to the store for some Skittles or an innocent morning jog down a lonesome country road into a nightmare. If we are to survive as one unified nation, we must discover what so readily takes root in our hearts that could rob Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina of her brightest and best, shoot unwitting concertgoers in Las Vegas, and choke to death the hopes and dreams of a gifted violinist like Elijah McLean. Like so many young people today, I was searching for a way out, or some might say a way in. Then I heard the voice of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on an old radio. He was talking about the philosophy, philosophy and discipline of nonviolence. He said, we are all complicit when we tolerate injustice. He said, it is not enough to say it will get better by and by. He said, each of us has a moral obligation to stand up, speak up and speak out. When you see something that is not right, you must say something. You must do something. Democracy is not a state, it is an act. And each generation must do its part to help build what we called the beloved community, a nation and a world society at peace with itself. Now it is our turn as God's people to be strong, especially because we don't know what will come. It won't always go the way we want, but knowing that God is with us can give us strength. We heard that from Paul in his letter to Timothy. He says, at my first defense, at my trial for preaching the word, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message could be fully proclaimed and all Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To God be glory forever and ever. The next month, the next months, the next even years are full of danger. And God says, do not be afraid. Take courage from the words of John Lewis. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe 
In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love, and the way of nonviolence is the more excellent way. Now it is your turn to let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last, and that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and power of everlasting love be your guide. Take courage from the risen Lord Jesus, the anointed one, who reminded his disciples and reminds us all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I am with you always to the very end of the age. No, matters who, no matter whose face represents leadership, no matter what danger may come, the God of all creation is with us and even goes before us into the future. Therefore, be strong and do what must be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.